0: Suddenly, the fiddle began to glow with a golden hue, as if the red stain were on fire. Nigel's whiskers curled, and his back legs lifted off the stool as if he were in flight. He began to chuckle uncontrollably. (laughs) I'm quite unable to let go, but this is extraordinary. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max, Liz, and Nigel. This podcast is produced by Playful World Ministries, a department of ACT International. All of the Epic Order of the Seven characters and adventures were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. And I'm your narrator, Denny Brownlee. By the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Voice, The Revolution, and The Key, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting audible.com. That's www.audible.com. And you'll find the entire collection of Jenny L. Cody's Epic Order of the Seven books by going to her website, epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll bring you chapter nine from the audiobook The Voice, The Revolution, and The Key, entitled, Fiddle a Riddle. With the answer to this riddle. What's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? Hmm. And we'll get a taste of how school was done in the 1700s. When we visit our author friend, Jenny L. Cody, over at Jenny's Corner. We'll also get primer and proper in today's Nigel's News Nuggets. And now, it's time for your first riddle of the day. What's black, white, black, and fur all over? Uh, The beard of a middle-aged man. (laughs) Well, thanks, Uh, but no.
1: Uh, Our old friend Rodney
0: the skunk? Uh, Getting warmer. What's black, white, black, and fur all over? Oh, I know An uh, Oreo cookie that was left in the
1: refrigerator way too long. Ew! Ew. Now,
0: now the answer is the hosts of our podcasts, Max, Liz, and Nigel. I like to be cookie answered better. Ew. Ew! All right, already. I say, here's a riddle for you: How does an Israelite make his coffee?
1: I give up. How?
0: He brews it. Oh, Oh, hell. Okay, Uh, what kind of lights did Noah use on the ark? Uh,
1: I don't remember. Floodlights. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Okay, how do we know Adam was not a cat person? Oh, I know, because he named them Lion
0: Cheetahs. (laughs) (laughs) I say, well done, old boy. Uh, Now, what do you call the scribblings of little New England children?
1: Um, I give Hmm. up.
0: Well... Yankee doodles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's one. What do you call a riddle that starts with a fiddle? right, uh, what? The answer is... Chapter 9. Fiddle a Riddle. Hanover, May 1745. Max, Liz, and Nigel sat together by the hearth of the Henry home. The family had gone to bed after enjoying a lively time with Patrick playing on his fiddle. His little sisters laughed and danced around the room until they were exhausted. The lad's improving all the time, I have to give him that, commented Max, rolling over on his back for a good stretch. Yes, but how I wish I could personally instruct him as I once instructed my blind hop student, Benepe, back in Egypt. Nigel remembered with a sigh, Young Patrick could truly make even greater progress under my tutelage, Then again, my expertise lies more with the violin. Oui, but Rome was not built in a day, Liz reminded the mouse, running her paw along the beautiful wood of Patrick's fiddle. He had left it sitting on a stool by the hearth.
1: Neither is the fiddle mastered in a day.
0: Nigel walked across the wood, wiping off smudges here and there. I wish I could play this beautiful instrument myself. Max wrinkled his brow and rolled over onto his belly. I've been meaning to ask about this. Uh, what's the difference between
1: a violin and a fiddle, anyway?
0: <laughs> Absolutely nothing, I assure you, Nigel exclaimed. It is quite the misunderstood terminology. Violin and fiddle both refer to the same instrument. However, the type of music played determines what the instrument is called.
1: "'Scottish folk music is an example of uh, fiddle music, "'as it is played in an informal setting "'and usually by common everyday humans,' Liz explained. "'Fiddle music is livelier and serves well for country dancing.' Nigel nodded eagerly in
0: agreement, clasping his paws behind his back. "'Yes, yes, yes. Uh, "'Whereas the baroque music of Mr. Handel "'is an example of violin music, "'it is much more refined and appropriate for formal concerts.' "'Kinda like the difference between the fun Scots "'and the stuffy Tidewater types, eh?' "'Max replied. "'I'll take the fiddle music over that Baroque violin music any day.' Uh, "'That's Baroque, not Broke, old oh boy,' "'Nigel corrected him as he adjusted his spectacles. "'I knew what I were saying, Mosey,' Max said with a grin. "'Either way, I think the lad is getting the hang of playing his fiddle.' "'Liz's ears perked up and began to tingle. "'What do you say, Max?' Her tail swished back and forth quickly. Something is coming. What do you mean,
1: dear girl? Nigel asked as he took hold of the fiddle's tuning pegs. Gilliman said, once the fiddler gets the hang of it, magical music will come forth. Liz started to say before quickly catching her breath. She now felt a
0: tingling sensation all over. Max's first stood on end and he stood up, "'a low growl rumbling in the back of his throat "'as he looked around the room. "'Something's here, all right. I can feel it.' "'The fur on Nigel's head stood straight up, "'and his eyes got wide as he held on to the fiddle's tuning pegs. Mousy, your head looks like a tiny pineapple.' "'A source of warm energy held on to Nigel's paws "'to the point he couldn't let go of the pegs. "'I believe the something is Patrick's fiddle.' "'Suddenly the fiddle began to glow,' with a golden hue, as if the red stain were on fire. Nigel's whiskers curled, and his back legs lifted off the stool as if he were in flight. He began to chuckle uncontrollably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite unable to let go, but this is extraordinary. (laughs) I'll save you, Mosey.
0: Max reached over and gently took Nigel's back paws into his teeth to free him from the fiddle. But then he also was lifted off the floor, The Scotty's wiry black fur stood on end, and he spoke through clamped teeth. So this is what flying
1: feels like. No wonder you like it, Mosey.
0: Liz's eyes glowed and widened to watch this unusual phenomenon. All she could do was laugh at the hilarious sight, Nigel holding onto the tuning pegs while flying in midair, and Max clamped onto his back feet, also flying with his legs behind him, but unable to let go. The fur on both their heads stood on end.
1: Say, incredible, I do not know exactly what to do at the moment. (laughs) Perhaps use the bow,
0: Nigel chuckled. See if it will somehow break the energy force. Liz picked up the bow and pulled it across the strings, playing a discordant set of notes. Immediately, Max and Nigel fell to the floor as whatever held them suspended from the fiddle suddenly let go. The three friends quickly huddled together to see an inexplicable thing. The notes Liz had played became physical black music notes floating in the air above Patrick's fiddle. The musical notes magically grew larger, and glowing words appeared inside them. Good evening, little ones. Max, Liz, and Nigel looked at one another in stunned silence, mesmerized by the floating, glowing musical notes. After a moment, the notes rose to the ceiling and evaporated without a trace. Gilliman, you weren't lying, Max exclaimed. This ain't no ordinary fiddle. Bonsoir, Gilliman, Liz exclaimed in awe of what was happening. But there was no response. The violin sat there glowing, but no more notes appeared. Nigel scurried around the violin, careful not to touch the tuning pegs. "'This
1: is extraordinary. "'I believe we must use the bow "'to produce the magical, message-bearing notes.' "'We, but we may wake the humans,' Liz cautioned him. "'Nigel, what if you used your bow? "'I believe it would make a much softer sound.' "'Brilliant!' Nigel answered, "'before
0: scurrying into his hole in the corner of the room. "'A moment later he returned with his violin bow. "'He jumped up onto the fiddle, but then hesitated.' looking back at Max and Liz. Liz lifted a paw and whispered, "'Gently, mon ami!' The little mouse nodded and carefully lowered his bow to a single string. He squinted, as if expecting another flow of power, then slowly pulled his bow across the string. Magically, a series of notes rose from the violin into the air, once more filled with glowing words. "'Now you're getting the hang of it, Nigel?' Keep playing. This takes the biscuit, old boy, Nigel exclaimed, as he continued to slowly pull his bow across Patrick's fiddle. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Actually, we kind of have, Mosey, Max recalled. What about Gilliman's talking scroll back during the Isaiah mission? Nigel's eyes widened. By Jove, you're right. Words also magically appeared on that scroll, "'and sometimes they became talking or musical words.
1: "'Good show of remembering, old boy.' Uh, "'Gilliman, is it time to help Patrick truly find his voice?' Liz asked. "'You said I would figure things out down to the letter, "'but I never imagined musical notes. "'I thought David Henry's letter was what you meant.'
0: "'It has always been time, Liz. "'There are many layers of meaning for you to discover. "'David's letter was just the beginning.' If I may, musical notes are indeed letters, Nigel interjected, a b c and so forth. Liz nodded. Bien sûr, this is true, mon ami. Nigel continued to draw his bow across Patrick's fiddle and a stream of notes emerged. Heed the fiddle's riddle. Once these things take place, Patrick's voice will be forever etched in history. When you've reached the end, something new will begin. ''Hang on playing for a minute, Mosey,'' Max suggested, turning to Liz. ''You better write this down, lass.'' We oui, uh, down to the letter,'' Liz exclaimed. ''Un moment.'' She ran over to John Henry's desk to look for a blank piece of paper. Nigel ceased playing and the notes stopped coming from the fiddle. ''This is terribly thrilling,'' he told Max. Liz dipped a quill in the inkwell.
1: ''I am ready. Please
0: proceed, Nigel.'' ''Right.'' "'Nigel resumed his playing, and the word-filled notes drifted into the air once more, "'disappearing once they reached the ceiling. "'A voice in the wilderness, a voice in the past. "'A voice in the present wakes eternity and mass. "'A voice in the tavern, a voice in the court. "'A voice in the house makes seven words too short. "'A voice that is hungry, a voice unified.' A voice that is dying on the out and inside. Despair not the tragic. Each pain is a key to unlock the next door for the voice to be free. Liz hurriedly wrote down each letter of the riddle as fast as she could before the notes dissolved into thin air. After the last words of the riddle disappeared, the notes ceased and the fiddle stopped glowing. Do you believe it is safe for me to stop? Nigel asked continuing to draw his bow across the strings. ay, Gilliman's gone, then, Mosey,' Max replied with a grin. "'Looks like you're getting the hang of playing the fiddle, too.' "'I never knew I had it in me,' the little mouse replied, preening his whiskers. "'That was quite an unexpected tune.' Liz jumped down from the desk and brought the riddle over for Max and Nigel to read. She wrinkled her brow as she studied the fiddle's riddle.
1: "'An unexpected tune?' With unexpected notes. At least now we have clues to guide us more specifically on this mission.
0: What's first, Liz? Max asked. Liz studied Patrick's now silent fiddle.
1: There is always more than meets the eye, or in this case, it meets the ear. Nigel, what was it you said about notes?
0: Do you mean my referring to notes as letters, A, B, C, etc., Nigel answered. Liz smiled.
1: If I am going to figure this out down to the letter, then that is where we must begin, where letters are taught. Liz and
0: Nigel sat on the schoolmaster's desk of the one-room common schoolhouse early the next morning. They arrived before the humans so they could hide in the rafters and observe the classroom. The school was built with rough-hewn logs and furnished simply with this desk for the teacher and hard, backless benches for the students. A wood-burning stove sat in the corner, but was thankfully no longer needed since the warmer days of spring had arrived. But with the warmer weather came the increasing challenge to keep Patrick Henry's attention. He wanted to be anywhere but here. With summer approaching, parents needed their children home to help with the tobacco crops and other chores. Patrick was tasked with picking worms off the underside of tobacco leaves, which he much preferred to sitting on an uncomfortable bench inside this schoolhouse for seven hours. The schoolmaster did little more than have the students memorize and recite segments of the New England Primer. While it was an excellent resource to teach ABCs, reading, writing, and sound moral and religious principles, it lacked the depth of knowledge Liz sought for her pupils. The children also were taught basic counting, but to Liz, such math was too simple. Patrick was put in a room with 20 to 30 other students, depending on whether families needed their children home to do chores on any given day. Children ranged from ages 5 to 15, with the youngest students sitting in the front and the oldest students sitting in the back of the classroom. That put Patrick right in the middle. He always tried to get a seat on the end of the bench so he could at least look out the window. He would watch for birds. "'wishing he were out soaring with them, "'or at least talking with them.
1: "'Patrick needs lessons that will make him think, "'not just lessons to recite,' opined
0: Liz, "'her tail swishing back and forth.
1: "'My Henry will simply need more education "'beyond what is provided here, "'but he shows so little interest in school. "'I doubt that John Henry will think it worth "'sending Patrick to university in Scotland "'or even to the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, "'as do the gentry class.' even if he could afford it. No wonder young Patrick drags his feet whilst coming to school, Nigel agreed. I must admit, I believe he would have preferred attending the school back in Egypt. At least he could have sat comfortably on the floor before the master. Ah, what a splendid school that was! Do you recall those days, my pet? Liz smiled. Bien sûr! How could I forget them? That is where you taught me how to read and write in hieroglyphs, no? It is also where you first called me your teacher's pet, mon professeur. Nigel preened his whiskers, relishing the memory.
0: Quite right. You were the finest pupil I ever had. (laughs) He gave a jolly chuckle and adjusted his spectacles as he turned his attention to the New England primer, flipping through the pages of illustrated ABCs. A. In Adam's fall we sinned all. B. Heaven to find the Bible mind c christ crucified for sinners died d the deluge drowned the earth around e elijah hid by ravens fed f the judgment made felix afraid g as runs the glass our life doth pass h my book and heart must never part j job feels the rod yet blesses God. K. Proud Korah's troop was swallowed up. L. Lot fled to Zor, saw fiery shower on Sodom poor. M. Moses was he who Israel's host led through the sea. N. Noah did view the old world and new. O. Young Obadias, David, Josias, All were pious. P. Peter denied his Lord and cried. Q. Queen Esther sues and saves the Jews. R. Young pious Ruth left all for truth. S. Young Samuel dear, the Lord did fear. T. Young Timothy learnt sin to fly. V. Vashti for pride was set aside. W. Whales in the sea God's voice obey. X. Xerxes did die, and so must I. Y. While youth do cheer, death may be near. Z. Zacchaeus he did climb the tree, our lord to see. I find it quite surreal that we had the privilege "'of working behind the scenes in the lives of nearly every one "'of these alphabetized Bible heroes, save Adam,' Nigel remarked. "'He put his paw on Liz's shoulder. "'Although I wasn't there, you, Max, Al, and Kate were indeed there for Noah.' "'Liz put her dainty paw on the end phrase.
1: We Noah did view the old world and new, as did we. "'That was the very beginning of our life's work for the Maker.' So much has happened through time since then. Liz shook her head, scarcely able to take in the history she had experienced. Bon, I am pleased to see the children at least learning their ABCs this way, no? And three
0: cheers for this lesson for children, Nigel said, pointing to the next part. These pupils are receiving solid instruction on how to behave. Pray to God. Call no ill names. Love God. Use no ill words. Fear God. Tell no lies. Serve God. Hate lies. Take not God's name in vain. Speak the truth. Spend your time well. Do not swear. Love your school. Do not steal. Mind your book. Cheat not in your play. Strive to learn. Play not with bad boys. Be not a dunce
1: you are right mon ami liz replied and i too appreciate these verses and instructions for the children she pointed to the next section
0: good children must fear god all day love christ all way parents obey in secret pray no false things say mind little play by no sin stray make no delay in doing good OUR Saviour's GOLDEN RULE. BE YOU TO OTHERS KIND AND TRUE, AS YOU'D HAVE OTHERS BE TO YOU, AND NEITHER DO NOR SAY TO MEN WHATE'ER YOU WOULD NOT TAKE AGAIN. THE sum OF THE TEN COMMANDMENTS WITH ALL THY SOUL LOVE GOD ABOVE, AND AS THYSELF THY NEIGHBOR LOVE. LEARN THESE FOUR LINES BY HEART. HAVE COMMUNION WITH FEW, "'Be intimate with one. "'Deal justly with all. "'Speak evil of none.' "'Quite the superb wisdom for children to absorb like little sponges,' "'Nigel said. "'He pointed to another prayer written out for children. "'I fear that while this is a comforting prayer for all children at bedtime, (laughs) "'our young Patrick struggles not to quote it every day at school,' "'he quipped with a chuckle. "'Now I lay me down to sleep.' I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take.
1: If Patrick could lay himself down to sleep in school, I am certain he would. (laughs) Liz giggled. These are all wonderful lessons and prayers for the children to learn, but where is the mathematics, the Latin, the Greek mythology and culture, the history of ancient Rome and its republic?
0: Liz lamented. And Rome's emperors, including that horrid, cheeky beast, Nero, Nigel added, the nerve he had, fiddling while Rome burned. Liz's ears perked up. Fiddling? Nigel sighed and paced about on the desk, lifting a paw in dramatic woe. "'Oh, if only we were permitted to give young Patrick "'our eyewitness accounts of Rome's architectural marvels, "'the Greek tragedies performed in the grandeur of the Theatre of Ephesus, "'or the sublime writings of Plato, Socrates, Livy, and Plutarch.'
1: "'Fiddling with Plutarch,'
0: Liz pondered, "'swishing her tail as she thought this through.
1: "'Patrick needs both.' "'I think I know what the first two fiddle-riddles mean.'
0: "'Brilliant. Do enlighten me, dear girl,' Nigel urged, twirling his whiskers.
1: "'Gilliman said Plutarch would be important for influencing Patrick's voice. "'So in order for Patrick to be influenced by Plutarch, "'he of course must read Plutarch,'
0: Liz explained.
1: "'If he is to have a voice that will change the world, "'he needs to know about the world out there to be changed.' And what better teacher is there than history, especially the history of ancient Rome?
0: Ah, yes. Historia vitae magistra. History, the teacher of life. Indeed, there is much to learn from the good side of Rome, such as their brilliant ideas for government. But Patrick must also understand the dark side of Rome. The mighty Roman Empire was a formidable foe to the fledgling band of Christians out to change their world. Nigel held a finger up in the air. But with the help of the Maker, the Christians preserved against tyranny and the impossible odds stacked against them.
1: Is that the man, Liz cheered. John Henry received a stellar education at King's College back in Aberdeen. "'And he surely can pour his classical education in history "'into Patrick and William. "'I will arrange for Jean-Henry to discontinue Patrick's studies here "'so we can instruct him at home. "'Of course, he will need the right set of books in his library, "'including Plutarch's Lives.'"
0: "'Brilliant idea, my dear. "'So that answers the the voice-from-the-past riddle with Plutarch,' "'Nigel enthused, and the fiddling?' Uncle Langlu did promise Patrick he would take him hunting and teach him how to play his prized fiddle when he was older.
1: We, oui, I believe, that the voice in the wilderness riddle means training time with Langlu. Stated Liz. I overheard Sarah say that Langlu was returning soon to Hanover for supplies. Such a trip into the wilderness will not only refresh Patrick's mind and spirit before introducing him to Plutarch, but I believe there are many lessons out there for him to learn. Nigel
0: preened his whiskers, approving of Liz's plan. Jonathan Edwards recently said, It is God's manner of dealing with men to lead them into a wilderness before he speaks comfortably to them. As a boy, Edwards loved to explore the wilderness, as does Patrick, he had an affinity for flying spiders, of all things. But Reverend Edwards is right. Before the Maker uses his messengers, they always seem to require a time of wilderness
1: training. This is true, no? We saw this firsthand in the wilderness with Moses, Paul, and, of course, Jesus himself. Liz agreed. Bond. I will make arrangements for John to teach Patrick at home. You and Max can go with Patrick and Uncle Leng Lu for the the voice-in-the-wilderness part of the riddle. Splendid! How do you propose to approach John
0: Henry with your riddling suggestion? Nigel asked. Liz gave a coy
1: grin. By fiddling with my preferred instrument, of course. An anonymous Letter. (laughs) <laughs> Aye, school sure be different from them days We oui, they taught proper grammar in them days <laughs> Well, joke's on you, lass Me grammar didn't go to school She learnt the hard way uh, Well, meanwhile, let's all learn something interesting And no doubt uh, grammatically correct As we head over to Nigel in the newsroom For another edition of Nigel's News Nuggets
0: Greetings, Nigel P. Monaco here With another edition of you weren't there, but I was, as we take an historical look at the aforementioned schoolbook of colonial days, the New England Prima. When the book was introduced to Patrick Henry, it had already been in print over fifty years. It was first compiled and published way back in 1688 by Benjamin Harris, a British journalist. It remained popular in both New England and merry old England, as well as the rest of the American colonies, for 150 years, and sold millions of copies. And that was long before Amazon came along. (laughs) As you can tell, education was of prime importance to America's early settlers, and faith in the maker was a predominant reason. As you've already heard in our story today, the alphabet, the little poems and rhyming couplets, the sayings, prayers and such, had a greater objective. It was so that each child could be capable of reading God's Word, the Bible. And in Patrick Henry's day, with the Great Awakening in the Church fully in place, the Primer made a subtle but monumental shift, from focusing on the wrath of God to focusing on the Love of God. Indeed. For Nigel's News Nuggets, I'm Nigel P. Monaco in the newsroom.
1: Oh, well done, Nigel, as always. Hi, Mosi. Oh, uh, Liz, I got one more riddle for you. Oh, goody. Hi, uh, since we are talking about that ancient smart fella, Plutarch, well, why didn't Plutarch like French fries? Why, Max? Because they were made in ancient Greece. Ha <laughs> ha! Get it? Itch it! Grease! Ha <laughs> ha ha ha! Oui! That was deep, Max. Deep fried, that is. And with that, it is time for a trip to Jenny's Corner. Hey, Liz. Bonjour, Jenny. I understand you have a question for us today, so uh, what is your question? Do you like riddles? Uh, you mean me, Miss Jenny?
0: Oh, dear. I think I smell another riddle coming along. Ay,
1: lass. This be a trick question, then. Uh, Pay no attention to them. Uh, So, do you
2: like riddles, Miss Jenny? I kind of like them, and I kind of don't like them. (laughs) I like them when I can figure them out, and I don't like it when I get so frustrated and it's supposed to be a brain teaser and you can't figure it out. But I like the way they are kind of like a treasure hunt, you know, that keep me guessing and looking for the answers and the clues. And this is something that I've done in several of the books with Gilliman and the Epic Order of the Seventeen, where he kind of gives them a riddle to figure out to find the answers as they go along in their mission. And so I thought it might be fun for you to see the steps that were required in order to lead Patrick Henry to his voice. And so keep on the lookout as the animals try to figure out the answer by searching for the clues to unlock each voice in the fiddle's riddle. And it was also just a really magical scene to write to show these notes lifting up in the air. Can't you see them? Can't you see them animated like this? And they turn into words. So it was just a magical scene to write. The other part that I wanted to show you was how our founding fathers attended school. Now, if you're homeschooled, this may not be as great a stretch to see several kids of differing ages sitting in one classroom learning, but back then, that's how it was. You might have an 8-year-old in there with a 12-year-old in there with a 14-year-old, all learning lessons and sitting in benches with no backs <laughs> Not the most comfortable thing. You can see why Patrick Henry looked longingly out the window and he wanted to be outside, you know, running around barefoot and learning bird calls. And even though he preferred to be outside, Patrick Henry was diligent. He did learn his lessons. And one of the most important things to me was seeing how different the education was then. The New England primer, and I quoted directly from it, Kids back then learned lessons rooted in scripture. How refreshing is that? And I love the lessons for children that they learn. And these are things that all of us should use. I don't care whether you're a kid or an adult. Pray to God. Call no ill names. Love God. Use no ill words. Fear God. Tell no lies. Serve God. Hate lies. Take not God's name in vain. Speak the truth. Spend your time well. Do not swear, love your school, do not steal, mind your book, cheat not in your play, strive to learn, play not with bad boys, be not a dunce. These are all great lessons and it's quite a striking contrast to what we see going on in schools and learning today, isn't it? So I hope this will give you an eye-opener to how our forefathers in this nation learned and the climate in which they learned. It was quite a different picture but I think it served them well.
0: Indeed, Miss Jenny. We, too, would be well served by such lessons today. Timeless principles based on the timeless Word of God. <laughs> well done, Jenny. And now, let's have a bit of a preview of what we can expect in our next episode. Thanks, Nigel. Well, next time, we're going on a bit of a camping trip with now nine-year-old Patrick and the uncle who promised to show him how to shoot and, of course, how to play the fiddle, Uncle Langlu. It'll be a wild time in the wilderness, while Nigel finds out what it means for a mouse to fly, uh, economy class. Oh, don't remind me.
1: Uh, pardon, monsieur announcer. Liz? Oui, I have one more riddle for you. Okay. What is the difference between a restaurant and a restroom?
0: I don't know.
1: Well, then you and I will not be going out to eat together anytime soon. <laughs> 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 she got you good, lad. Indeed.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, she did. But I, I really do know the difference. I do, really. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, a department of ACT International. All of the Epic Order of the Seven characters and adventures were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. And remember, you can download your very own copy of the audiobook, The Voice, The Revolution, and the Key, by visiting audible.com. That's www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of Jenny L. Cody's Epic Order of the Seven books by going to her website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thank you for listening and join us next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast.
1: Have a grandi
0: Abiento Mesemi Haza and Ta Ta And always remember you are loved and you are able.